0: Hello, welcome to this episode of the Wisdom Speaks podcast. I am Sister Minister Renetta Haynes. um, And as always, I am grateful for an opportunity to uh, share God's Word. And on today's episode, we are going to focus on the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer comes before the arrest of Jesus as Judas betrayed him. The arrest would be the point in which things were set in motion for Jesus to go to the cross. The arrest marked a turning point from ministry to fulfillment. This is an important turning point that many miss Many are comfortable with ministry, but fulfillment, completion, requires more. And it will take prayer to get there. The four Gospels give us a picture of what prayer looked like for Jesus at this critical turning point. I'm literally going to go through the four Gospels, and we will glean from Jesus what level of prayer uh, it takes to get us from our will and into God's will and completing his divine plan and purpose for our lives. So I want to start in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. And it reads, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not my will but as you will then he turned to the disciples and found them sleeping could you may not keep watch with me for one hour he asked peter watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went once more And prayed the third time saying the same thing then he returned to the disciples and said to them are you still sleeping and resting look the hour is near and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners rise let us go here comes my betrayer We're in a first stop at verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus' soul was overwhelmed with sorrow. And I love this point because it shows us that Jesus acknowledged the anguish in his own soul And I believe the soul is the psychological aspect of a person. It is the mental and emotional side. Jesus' soul was overwhelmed to the point of death. Jesus understood what what was coming. He understood that betrayal was coming, the arrest, the mockery, the crucifixion, the death. The thoughts and feelings were overwhelming to the point of death. This makes me think about people who become so mentally and emotionally overwhelmed that they contemplate and some attempt to commit suicide. Suicide is premature death. It is appointed that every person will die. That should be the response to it is finished. That's what we saw Jesus model on the cross. And that was his assignment for the salvation of the world. But it wasn't, because he didn't say I am finished. He said it is finished. His assignment was finished. Death is not a reaction to what we can't take or it shouldn't be a reaction to what we can't take. Because for the believer, we know the word tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I love that we see Jesus having to go through the process of being strengthened. See, there is no shame and sorrow. Jesus experienced it. He also shows us in these Gospels how to deal with that sorrow so that you're able to go forward and complete the assignment that God has for your life. Jesus was transparent with his disciples. He allowed them to see how overwhelmed he was. He allowed them to see his sorrow. And he allowed them to witness the difficulty involved in his obedience. How many believers go around and, and just try to act like it's it's all okay, everything's all right. And they never show the disciples that have been assigned to them in, in, in the ministry or in their families um, their the process of, of obedience it's very difficult and there could be great sorrow Um, but if if your disciple never sees you go through sorrow then when the time comes and they have to go through it they think it's strange they think they failed and the failure is not in the sorrow the sorrow is a natural process of the soul not wanting to submit to the will of God going on Matthew 26 verse 39 going a little further he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will but as you will and here I greatly appreciate Jesus We saw in the the previous verses that he was transparent with the disciples, but Jesus is transparent with the Father here. And even in that transparency, Jesus authorized his spirit to override his soul. The things that lied ahead of Jesus were hard to face. He didn't want to face them, and he was honest about it. Jesus wanted what the Father wanted more than what he, Jesus didn't want and and that's the process of obedience like there are things that we don't want to do and sometimes it's the will of God that we do them and then there's the flip side there's things that we want to do and it is contrary to the will of God for us to do those things and so we have to have a yet not I, not as I will, but as you will, that overrides our soul. Verses 40 and 41. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you, men, not keep watch for me one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the body is weak In this I think it interesting that though he he asked you men he was asking directly to Peter and it makes me reflect on when Jesus named Peter Peter um, because his name was originally Simon and he called him Peter and said that on this rock, Peter means rock. He said on this rock, I will build my church. And the fact that he's addressing Peter, for me, really makes me reflect on the church. And I think that the Holy Spirit is willing, but I I question how strong is the church in prayer? I know that on Sunday there are a whole lot more people in the sanctuary than if there's a Monday night prayer or Tuesday night prayer. And, And so I think that we really do need to reflect on the strength of the body of Christ in prayer. We're now going to go to the Gospel of Mark, Mm -hmm. chapter 14, verses 32 through 42. And they read, They went to the place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death he said to them stay here and keep watch going a little further he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him abba father he said everything is possible for you take this cup for me yet not what i will but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak once more he went away and prayed the same thing then he came back he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy they did not know what to say to him returning a third time he says to them are you still sleeping and resting enough the hour has come look the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners rise let us go here comes my betrayer here i want to highlight um, verses 35 and 36 going a little further he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him abba father he said everything is possible for you take this cup from me Yet not what I will, but what you will. Mark shows us Jesus' position of prayer. He fell to the ground. Other times when Jesus prayed, he looked to to heaven. We see the weight of this moment has him on the ground. Jesus acknowledged the omnipotence of God. Everything is possible for you jesus knew god could do it take the cup away still he authorized his spirit to override his soul and surrendering to the will of god we're now going to the gospel of luke um verse chapter 22 verses 39 through 46 jesus went out as usual to the mount of olives And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him. the first verses that i will highlight here are verses 43 and 44. an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him and being in anguish he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground luke shows us an angel coming to strengthen jesus after he submitted to the father's will still Jesus was in such anguish that Luke described him as sweating so hard that it looked like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus had the help from heaven, but still had to pray to overcome the anguish in his soul. God has given help to every believer, but we still have to submit our will to God's will. We still have to overcome our soul and authorized our spirit to lead our lives verse 45 when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples he found them asleep exhausted from sorrow the disciples witnessed the angel anguish that jesus was in and they too felt sorrow to the point of exhaustion like They saw their their leader, they saw the Christ sorrowful, and though he instructed them to pray so they wouldn't fall into temptation, they too felt sorrow to the point of exhaustion. And, And my question is, has sorrow caused the saints to sleep today when we need to be watching and praying. See, sorrow can be the temptation to quit when God is calling us to press. And this leads us to the Gospel of John, chapter 17. In the Gospel of John, we're going to see Jesus pray for himself. We're going to see him pray for his disciples. And then he's going to pray for all believers. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. And so I'm going to stop there. And this is after Jesus said this. Well, what did he say? I'm going to jump up to chapter 16, verse 33. He says that I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world so after he said that after he named that he over, over has overcome the world then he goes on In chapter 17 john chapter 17 verse 1 after jesus said this he looked toward heaven and prayed father the time has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you With the glory I had with you before the beginning. The first verse that I want to highlight is that verse 3 he says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus was sent. So that we can gain access to eternal life. Jesus is the access to know the only true God. When we submit to God's will, we know God. We know God beyond ourselves. We we come to truly understand God in a really intimate way. Verse 4, he says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. We have to see that Jesus brought glory to God by completing the work, not just doing the ministry. Yes, he fed the 5,000, and yes, he turned the water into wine, and there was the Hosanna and the celebration and all of that, but there comes a time where God's will can become a, a more serious, like a weight that we feel like we cannot do. And that takes that submission um, to be able to complete the assignment that he has uh, for our lives. And now we're going to look at um, as Jesus prays for his disciples. Uh, These are verses 16 through 19. I have revealed to you those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None of them lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one? they are not of the world even as I am not of it sanctify them by the truth of your word as you sent me into the world I have sent them into the world for I for them I sanctified myself that they too may be truly sanctified we're going to highlight here verse 11 i will remain in the world no longer but they are still in the world i am coming to you holy father protect them by the power of your name the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one unity is what jesus modeled with the father and unity is what he requires of the disciples Verse 13, so that they may have the full measure of joy. Jesus is saying these things before he goes to the cross and before he ascends to heaven, so that they may have the fullness of joy. Verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus did pray for didn't pray for his reci- his disciples to be removed from the world, but protected so that they may persist in their assignment and complete their assignments in the world. And then it says to sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Sanctify is to set apart. And he's saying that, He wants them to be sanctified by the truth. The truth is the word. Jesus is the word. And Jesus has sent his disciples into the world as he was sent on an assignment. Unity is an assignment for the disciples. Unity is an assignment for believers today. Now we're going to look at Jesus as he prays for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them as you love me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love Ooh, amen and so here we want to highlight I want to highlight verses 20 and 21 I praise also for those who will believe in the message through their message believing in me through their message that all of them may be one father just as you and I are one you are in me and I am in you may those also be in us. So the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus prayed for those who will become believers through the message of his disciples. He prayed for unity among all believers as a witness to the world. When the body of Christ is truly one body and we are all in it together, just as Jesus modeled with the Father, the world may believe. That the Father sent the Son to save us all. And then verses 22 and 23. It said the glory, the points I want to make here are the glory Jesus has was Him doing the will of the Father. They are on one accord. Jesus is praying for complete unity among believers, unity beyond race, social, economic status ethnicity, culture. He's praying for love, that we will be in love and that we will be known by our love and we will be unified in that love above all things to complete the assignment that the Father has given us. I pray that this word has blessed you. I pray that you'll reflect on what assignment God has for you. And pray and submit your will to his will and that we will be unified so that the world may believe that the father sent the son to save us all amen thank you for tuning in to this episode of the wisdom speaks podcast Our topic was the hour of prayer and I do pray in this hour that as believers we are unified in the truth and the truth is the word of God and the word is Jesus that we will be unified in Christ that we will be glorified as he was glorified in his obedience to submit his own will to the will of the father and i just pray today for every believer under the sound of my voice that you will be motivated to get to know the word get to know jesus get to know his word for yourself seek god for the assignment that he has on your life and that we will be unified not in our race or political parties or those things, but that we will be unified in the will of God so that we will accomplish what he has called for us to do in this hour and in this time. And above all things, we're called to love. And so I pray blessings over you and that you allow the Holy Spirit to be the wisdom speaking into your life today. God bless you. Until next time. This is Sister Minister Renetta Haynes.